This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's going on, everybody out there in podcast land? Welcome to the first episode of the new year of a Cincy fan talking with LP. And of course, this is yours truly, LP. Super excited up in this piece. Um, for one, first podcast of the new year. Um, was going to drop something um, late December. Had a little bit of technical issues, and by the time I got everything worked out, I was kind of like, might as well wait to the new year. And that's one why we're why I'm super pumped up. And for number two, the Bengals have made the playoffs for the first time since 2015, and we feeling really good about the squad. So we're gonna go ahead and jump into that. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about Antonio Brown, and I, I look, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we're gonna talk a little bit about the Kardashians. We're gonna we're gonna jump into some Kardashian talk. Now look, that ain't me. <laughs> that that's not normally what I'm not even gonna say normally. That's not what I do, period. I've never seen an episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't I don't be on that. But something very interesting kind of triggered off of my head when I heard about a Kardashian saga. So I'm going to jump into it, kind of get my thoughts off on all of that. But, yo, we here, (laughs) y'all. We here. Let's go. Bengals in the playoffs, first time since 2015. Yeah. You remember what happened in 2015. You you remember the playoff game. If you a diehard Cincinnati fan, if if you're a common just, you know, I watch football every now and again. You probably remember how Jeremy Hill coughed up the ball at the end of the game when the Bengals had salted away a victory against the Steelers in the playoffs. And they ended up losing the game. Been super salty about that ever since. And the messed up part about that year was that it was a really good year until Andy Dalton got hurt. He was playing the best football of his career. We think we're about to get in the playoffs, go on a run. It was a really good squad that year. AJ McCarron did the best he could, led the Bengals down the field, got the score. Montez Perfect comes up with the pick. We thinking game, set, match. <laughs> no, nah, not so much. And then that, that whole Bengals curse thing popped up, the whole Cincinnati curse that we always talk about. 
honestly, I, I feel it lifting. I never believed in it in the first place. Teams have bad luck. <laughs> what can you do? But I feel it lifting. And the thing that gives all Bengals fans hope is the fact that Joe Burrow is leading the squad. And against the Chiefs, I don't think a lot of people expected the Bengals to beat the Chiefs. I can't say I expected it. I can't sit up here. I'm not going to lie to y'all because I never have. I can't sit up here and be like, yeah, I knew we had this game. But I wasn't nervous about it. I wasn't going into the game like, man, we about to get popped. Like, <laughs> we about to get run over. I'm like, hey, we got a shot. Even if we don't win, we got like a real good shot to keep this close in the fourth quarter. Because Burrow is on the squad. And when they drafted Joe, you know, the city was pumped up. But we had quote unquote saviors before. You know, we had Carson Palmer. You know, we we had QBs that we thought could lead the ship. And it just didn't work out that way. The thing about Burrow is when he's on the field, you believe. Fans believe. The players believe. The team on the other side of the field is a little shook because they're like, Joe thinks he can get it done. There are very few quarterbacks in the league that when they step on the field, no matter down, distance, time, score, there are very few quarterbacks that you look at and go like, hey, man, chill out. They still got this. Let's not celebrate yet. There are very few. I can rattle them off. Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. And if I miss one, you can tell me. There are very few QBs. Ben Roethlisberger in his heyday. Like, you never believed they were out of the game because he was on the field. Burrow is up there. He's he's quickly climbing that ladder. The game is not over. The Bengals were down 14-zip. The Bengals were down 21-7. The Bengals were down 28-14. The wife is in the car because we're we're driving up to Columbus and then back super fast, you know, dropping the kid off for college. You know, winter break and all that good stuff. We're in the car, and she's like, the game's not over. I think we can still win. And I'm like, I'm with you. <laughs> I truly believe that. And that's why... If you're a Bengals fan, you really feel like, you, you know, maybe maybe we're a year away. I've been saying that all year. Maybe maybe this is not the year, but you got to feel like we got a shot, especially in the AFC, because as young and inconsistent as the Bengals are this year, every team has been inconsistent this year. You, you give me a team. I can give you one or two, probably two or more points in the season where you're like, I don't know about this squad. I mean, the Bills lost to the Jags. <laughs> hey, the Patriots looked iffy this season at various spots. The Chiefs started out three and four. The Titans have been on a roller coaster. They've been getting it together towards the end of the year. And that's basically your top C's. 
we can say the Bengals have been inconsistent. And I'm not about to argue with you. I'm not about to say, no, 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 they're not. The Bengals have been quite inconsistent, especially in the middle of the year. You know, that rough stretch where they punted the lead to the Jets and lost and then just got pasted by the Browns. Super inconsistent. This is the first time they've won three games in a row this year. True indeed. But when you look at the Bengals and what they have cooking, I put them up against anybody. Like I'm, what the Bengals did beating the Chiefs, they proved to themselves and they proved to the league that, hey, we can hang with anybody. Now, personally, if it's me, there are certain teams I want to see in the first round of the playoffs. I would... I would love to see more than any team. I would love to see the Raiders because the Raiders don't match up well with what the Bengals do because the Bengals can run the ball to set the pass up. They can do that very well. And the Raiders, especially in the first matchup they had against the Bengals, the Raiders don't match up well with that. They they can't handle the running game of the Bengals. And then after a while, their running game turns into passing and then it's over. So out of all the teams that I'm least nervous about, give me the Raiders. I'm pulling for the Raiders to beat the Chargers because I feel like the Raiders are a better matchup than the Chargers. Now, out of all the teams that I probably don't want to see in the first round of the playoffs, if I really had to say it, hmm, not really too concerned about the Colts. I would say the Chargers, I wouldn't say I'm overly concerned about the Chargers. They did beat the Bengals. But to me, the Chargers earned the win because they were able to score off the mistakes that the Bengals made. You can't sit up here and say, well, the the Chargers wouldn't have won the game if the Bengals didn't make those mistakes. But they did make the mistakes. And good teams capitalize on those. So... I would like to see the Chargers play the Bengals because I would like to see if the Bengals have learned from the mistakes that they made. So I'm not necessarily saying I don't want to see the Chargers because I'm really interested in that matchup. But I would say I would be more concerned about the next round of the playoffs. The first round of the playoffs wouldn't really bother me too much because I'm not concerned about any other teams that the Bengals might play. Even if the Steelers were to sneak in or the Ravens, I mean, they pasted them twice already, a piece. <laughs> so I would be more concerned about the second round and a matchup with the Bills. That would be the team that concerns me the most because of the QB that they have. Because Allen is really good at getting out of the pocket with his feet and making long runs and throwing. So that would really be what I'd be concerned about. And honestly, I'm not concerned about the Bengals offense against anybody in the league <laughs> not at all i'm concerned about two things in the playoffs i'm concerned about the Bengals' inconsistency how they don't start well but they finish excellent <laughs> i would be concerned about that and i would be concerned about the defense and it all leans on to one big thing inconsistency the Bengals are a very young team And because they're young, they tend to be very inconsistent. And that's how it is when you're young. You're not 
you're not setting your ways. You're not doing the same things every single time. You're doing it great one time. And then the next time you might not care as much or you might not be as focused. That's how you are as a young person. These are the Bengals. What impresses me about the Bengals is the fact that even through their bouts of inconsistency, they're still able to fight through it and keep almost every game close. There have been very few times this year where the Bengals have looked outmatched throughout most of the game. The Cleveland game comes to mind. Most of the game against the against the Bears until they decided to kick it up at the end when it was a little bit too late. Honestly, you could probably say this about five or six teams in the AFC. The Bengals can look at three games this year where they should have won. And if they did, we'd be looking at a team that's 13 and three. On the flip side, <laughs> you can take three games this year where the Bengals pulled them out and you're going like, man, they could have lost that. And if they lost those three, we'd be looking at a team that's seven and nine. <laughs> but that's the NFL. So don't let anybody tell you, man, the Bengals lucky to be here. No, they're not. They were able to capitalize off mistakes and get the wins. Every team in the league probably has three games, maybe four, that they pulled out. Maybe they shouldn't have been there at the end, but they were, and they took advantage. And if we're taking three games away from the Bengals, then we're taking three games away from everybody. So we're still in the same spot. <laughs> that That's how it goes in the NFL. And I've been preaching this all year. The line between really good and average in the NFL is very, very thin. It's based on a few plays. Last year, the Bengals didn't make these plays. They didn't have the personnel to make these plays consistently. Now they do, and they're making these plays more consistently. I'm excited about this. Uh, there have been some years, you know, when, when the Bengals made the playoffs three, four, or five times in a row. Th there have been years where they made the playoffs and we were kind of like, yeah, it's looking bad. I mean, they went in the playoff games down their top three receivers, and we just knew it was bad. And then there were some years where they made the playoffs like, yeah, this is the year. They're going to do it. They're, it's all good. And then they don't do it. This is the first time in a very long time where you're looking at the Bengals and then you're looking at the rest of the teams in the conference and you're like, bring it. <laughs> like, let's bring it. I like their attitude. I like how they're they're confident, but they're not quite cocky. They're just kind of like, look, we believe that we're a really good team and we can do it. So now the catch is just to do it in the playoffs. Because you're going to hear the whole dialogue about how the Bengals haven't won since January 6, 1991. The Bengals lost this game. The Bengals lost that game, yada, yada, yada. Those weren't these Bengals. And sure, everybody can bring the weight of the history and all of that crazy stuff. But these Bengals are not those Bengals. And number nine at QB is the main reason why these Bengals are not those Bengals. So it, it'll be great. And this is one of the reasons why I started the pod a couple of years ago. I literally said it. I'm hoping that one day I'm talking about Bengals playoff football on the pod. So 
next next Tuesday <laughs> when we finally get the matchup and I can rattle off about it, I definitely plan to. So bring it. Congrats, Bengals. Hey, Bengals fans, let's go. Um, On another note, the stuff with Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown walking off the field, ripping off his uniform and all of that stuff. What he did, <laughs> the, the craziness that happened, is a prime example of why people need to relax those Twitter fingers and just wait until they get the whole story. It's We live in a world where you don't necessarily have to be correct, but you got to be first. <laughs> that that's our news cycle. That's that's where we're living right now. When you get news, you just kind of run with that news until you hit a wall and you go like, "Dang, was that true or not?" I mean, I'm to the point where when I see something on Twitter before I retweet or anything like that, I'm clicking the article and I'm reading the article, or I'm going somewhere else and I'm checking other sites to see if this is real or not because. Who wants to be adding themselves to something that may or may not be true? And then it comes out with Antonio Brown that he's sitting on the sidelines and he feel like his ankle is hurt. And they ask him to go play and he's like, I can't get out there. My ankle's hurt. I don't feel well. And then according to him, the offense coordinator and the coach says, either you get out there or you're cut immediately. And this man, he has bonuses to hit. I mean, it would be like if you, at your job, they told you if you come in X amount of days, it triggers a $2,000 bonus. And if you happen to get named employee of the month, that triggers another $2,000 bonus. He has escalators on his contract where if he gets another touchdown, that's 333 Gs right there. And then if he gets about 140 more yards, that's another that's another 333 Gs right there. And then if he catches like five or six more balls, that's another 333 Gs. That's a million bucks. And I'm sure he's trying to rest so he can get out the next game and get that dough. I know he wants to help the team, but he also wants his dough. That's no different from – that's the part that makes me crazy. We do our jobs. We expect to get paid. If we want more money, nobody looks at us as greedy or about themselves. We want to do our job and we want to get paid for it. If we can get paid more while we're doing our job for somebody else, cool. I'm trying to get that. I feel like this is Antonio Brown. As much as people say that, you know, he's a me first guy and stuff like that. He's exhibited throughout his career that he's not a me first guy. I mean, he's very team first. And this is coming from a Bengals fan who watched Antonio Brown continuously block for his backs and stuff like that while he pounded the Bengals into the dirt. So he's definitely team first. The thing about the thing about it for me is in situations like this, one we got to get the whole story. Two, we can't just quickly call somebody crazy when they do stuff like this. I mean, maybe he's not crazy. Maybe he's venting. Maybe he's angry and upset. But to automatically say, man, that guy needs some help, man. He crazy. 
that's that's a wild take because my third point is that I feel like everybody they they are so fast to side with the team and the management and the front office which absolutely baffles me because those aren't the people that play <laughs> but continuously during holdouts and things like that you can hear a lot of fans going like and he doesn't really care about the team if he's holding out. We're talking about a profession where a running back, the average running back lasts three years. And the average player lasts less than five before they they have to do something else. They have to find some way else to get paid. This is the profession. Whereas you and I, we can do our jobs for decades and we're good. Until we hit the retirement age and then we get paid more. Well, not more, but we still get paid. <laughs> but football players are risking literally their lives and their functioning and their brain for our entertainment and to get paid. This this is what they do for a living. So to hear somebody say, well, he only cares about himself. He doesn't care about the team. Sure, he cares about the team. It it's instilled in football players. It's a brotherhood. But at the same time, they got to get paid, too. They're not doing this for free. <laughs> Would you do your job for free? No. The, sure, they're playing for the love of the game. Sure. Sure, it's a child's game. But this child's game is played at a ridiculous speed. It's violent. And they're supposed to get paid X amount of dollars. Regardless of whether you feel like they're worth it, somebody feels like they're worth it. And the first business rule when you're selling anything, this is the rule. And it's very simple. It's not how much it's worth. It's how much somebody is willing to pay for it. So if somebody is saying that a wide receiver is worth $67 million or $124 million, then that's how much they're worth. And if Antonio Brown is trying to get this extra dough and he needs to sit out of the game because he's hurt, wouldn't it be a detriment to the team if he went out there hurt? Now, again, we don't know if this is true or not. We heard one side. We heard the other side. But that's the beauty of it. You hear both sides and then you give your opinion. What's not fair is that you run all the way down the aisle on one side or all the way down on the other side and you don't listen to anything the other side is saying. Because that's not fair to Antonio Brown. It's not fair to the Buccaneers organization. It's just not fair. My point is, in situations like these, we have to stop running to the hot take. That's why I'm, I'm, I, I guess I do hot takes sometimes. <laughs> but I'm not giving out a take unless I know all the information. I'm not about to sit up here and be like, yeah, well, so-and-so. No. Because what really happens is you're giving your opinion based off of very limited facts. You can give an opinion based off of more than limited facts. And it just goes to my point. The rush to be first dominates all conversations. You could be talking to somebody. They're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can just rush in and say something that they think you haven't said first or heard first or something like that. And it's really messed up because 
there used to be a time where you heard something and it might have been true and it might not have been true. And then you didn't hear anything about it for a little while because facts had to be verified. Nowadays, it's like verify the facts later. Get this out here. You can worry about being right later, but be first. And it's just a really screwy way to be personally. For this whole Antonio Brown thing, I I wouldn't say it's simple for me, but for me, it's more like what happened to make him do that? Because there's no way that he's just flipping out in the middle of a game for no reason. Think that's not happening. Um, as as teachers, when we see somebody just going off and yelling or something like that, our first thought isn't, man, that little guy crazy. Like, <laughs> like he nuts. Oh, that's just him. He always does that. Whatever. Just get him out of here, send him to another school. That's not the first thought. My first thought is, <laughs> and I hate to sound like doing on the bus, <laughs> but what did somebody do to make him that mad? That's my first thought when I see something like that. I'm getting him over to the side, calming him down. And if I got to, I'm just letting him do his thing, just let him vent. Because I'm like, I can't talk to him when he is loud. What I'm going to do, yell at him back to calm down? He's not ready yet. So you chill out a little bit. And then my first question is not, don't yell. I'm not going to be like, don't yell like that. Don't do that. You're messing up the whole, you're messing up the whole class. You don't do that. My first question is, What's wrong? What happened? Why are you yelling? (laughs) That's the first question. I feel like nobody asked that to Antonio Brown. Nobody went like, what happened? What's wrong? And he wasn't ready to talk about that on the sideline. And that's understandable. He's pissed off. He's in the moment. But at some point, somebody had to grab this man and go like, man, what really happened? And nobody heard about it till the next day. And then all of a sudden, everybody has to say, well, we better apologize and stuff like that. You really didn't have to do the apology if you just waited to get the other side. And it's simple. You still might think Antonio Brown is just tearing up the team. You might still think he needs to be cut. Or you might be like, man, Tampa Bay did him dirty. That's really messed up. But... Now you have all the facts and you can do that. <laughs> and that's really my point. Me personally, I I think it's a little bit of a distraction. And if they're trying to make the playoffs, either one of two things has to happen. One, Antonio Brown needs to get it in gear and be like, look, I'm about to squat. I just had a little bit of a meltdown, my bad. Or you just need to be like, I don't want to be here no more. But I will let him make that decision because they already gave him the second chance. They already did that. So it's up to them to work that out. But to just rush on the side of the front office, to me, that's that's just a stale take. It, it just doesn't make sense to me because us as the typical working men and the working women, we should be more pro player than pro office. I mean, that's just my thought. And it's always been weird that we've been like that. So, hey, maybe we'll see him in the Super Bowl. <laughs> maybe it'll be Bengals Bucks Super Bowl. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> you got a Cincy fan talking with LP? We'll be right back. Hi. Hi. I'm Princess. And I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Cincy fan talking with LP. 
Okay, this is a sensitive way of talking with LP Day. Nice job. Mm-hmm. Yo, 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 welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the pod. Um for this small part, because I'm gonna kinda keep this brief before before we jet out of here. We we going down a road that we haven't driven down before. We we talking about Kardashian drama. And <laughs> if you're a long time listener to the pod, you you know this is not stuff that we do um ever. <laughs> but it, it came across, um, you know, reading a lot of stuff that Tristan Thompson um, allegedly cheated on um, Khloe Kardashian and had another baby and all of this stuff. And the thing for me, what made me kind of like think a little bit was the fact that I saw a lot of people talking about how Khloe Kardashian is either a little to blame or a lot to blame for him doing this because... According to a lot of people, she knew who he was and she kept condoning it. Not really condoning it, but she kept, I guess she kept taking him back. To me, that's not only a weird take, but it's a dangerous take too. I mean, that that's just how I feel about it. Because when you see somebody that's being treated like that, you can't help them by blaming them. That would be like, you know somebody that's in a domestic violence situation and you telling them, Hey, you know, it's your fault because he's smacking you and you keep, you know, going back for more. Can you really sit up there and blame them for something that somebody else is doing? I mean, you can enable people to do certain things, but I don't think you can enable somebody to cheat on you repeatedly and stuff like that. I, I, I just, me personally, I just don't see that. I see that as a hundred percent him. And I feel like if she continuously takes him back, it's because maybe she feels like she can change him, or maybe she feels like he deserves another chance. We've all done things and we've all needed another chance to make it right. I mean, I think everybody listening can say, you know, I made a mistake. And I needed somebody else to be like, look, okay, I I believe that you won't do something that stupid again. And it doesn't have to be cheating. It could be anything. And somebody was like, you know what? You good. Try again. And you did it right. That ain't happening here. (laughs) Apparently, that's not happening here. So I do agree that she does need to cut bait. Like she don't need to keep taking it back continuously. But if she feels differently... It's not her fault if he keeps doing it. That just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you can you can look at her choice and go like, I don't think that's the best choice. You're not making good decisions. <laughs> you could you could say something like, look, uh, you need to make better choices with who you decide to deal with, and you need to work on your choices. But you can't say. Hey, you know you the reason why he's doing this. No. Because what you're doing is twofold. One, you're making it so that her feelings really don't matter. Because it's more like you disregarding the reasons why she took him back. And you're just like, oh, 
it's your fault that he's doing this. And for two, you're kind of letting do it off the hook, ain't you? <laughs> like, he doing all this stuff to her, and it's her fault? And he can't control himself? Seriously? That That's wild to me. Like, like it really is. It, it's one of those situations where, and this is just how I feel personally, the fact that people don't really care for the Kardashians too much make people say stuff like that. Now, me, I'm really neutral on the whole Kardashian train. I'm not pro-Kardashian or anti-Kardashian at all. I'm in the middle. I'm like, if this wasn't a sports figure, I probably wouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But at the same time, it's interesting to me because there's a real human dynamic. It's one of those things where people do this a lot. People see somebody doing something crazy and they happen to be like on like a higher plane than somebody else, like, you know, socially or entertainment wise. And it's automatically on the other person. Like, well, you know, he wouldn't have been doing that if she was. No, like he did that. That's on him. He needs to work that out. He needs to let her know, like, look, this wasn't you. It was me. I continuously do dumb stuff and I need to fix that. But you don't need to beat yourself up for this because it's not on you. Like, it's not your fault. I think a lot of people need to take a step back and understand that, look, if somebody doing foul stuff, it's really easy to say the other person drove them to it. <laughs> but when you do stuff like that, what you're really doing is you're taking some of that responsibility away from the person that did the dirt. And that's not cool. That's on them. If I rob a bank and the bank left the doors wide open and nobody was in there, a lot of people will be like, man, that bank is stupid. I blame the bank. I don't want to did it too. But the person robbing the bank could have easily just decided to, I don't know, not rob the bank <laughs> or see the bank doors wide open and be like, dang, that's a whole lot of time if I get caught. You know what? I'm going to just go ahead and not do this because I'm thinking smart. Really easy to blame the bank in that scenario, except we know the rules. We know the law. And even if the bank is open, you can't just walk in the bank and steal it if nobody's there. You can't just take the money if nobody's right there. It's not legal. It's not the law. You can't do that. So when somebody sits up here and they cheat, I don't think it's cool to go ahead and blame the other person and be like, well, you know, a little bit is on you because, you know, you wasn't doing this and you wasn't doing that. No. I mean, that's when you start having conversations like, look, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And I'm feeling some type of way. I don't know. It, it's just one of those situations where I, the more I read it, the more interested I was about the situation. This is probably be the last time you hear me talk about a Kardashian. <laughs> I, I, I won't say never because I said never before and listen to me now. <laughs> but it's just one of those situations where the human dynamic and the way treat the way people treat other people, it, it it just is one of those things I just try to teach, you know, my kids and you know the people that I teach, the kids that I teach. I just try to tell them like, you know, there's a way you treat people, and you got to treat people the way that you want to be treated. 
But you can't blame the person that you're treating bad for treating them bad. That stuff you have to work out internally. You have to fix that. Or else you can't even hold yourself accountable. <laughs> and if you can't hold yourself accountable for the stuff that you do, it's going to be a real tough road for you. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, um, we out for this episode. Uh, make sure you tune back next week. Um, we ready. <laughs> like, like we ready. So, hey, um, you got a Sissy fan talking with LP. And as always, life is good, y'all. Peace out. not ready for the conversation to end i'm not either make sure to catch me on twitter that's the sensi fan talking leave off the g at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going also don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes the episodes will drop every tuesday if there's a change in that i'll make sure to let you know appreciate the support as always life is good Bye.